live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. So thank you very much for staying on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. It's a big evening to come and so much this week about Chelsea. Breaking news to bring you from Chelsea. It's a statement from Roman Abramovich. He says, I would like to address the speculation in the media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea FC. As I have stated before, I've always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart. In the current situation, I have therefore taken the decision to sell the club. But first, let's address the big news that is breaking. Roman Abramovich releasing this statement. I've always taken decisions with the club's best interests at heart in the current situation. I've therefore taken the decision to sell the club. The sale of the club will not be fast-tracked, but will follow due process. I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. Uh, with two minutes to go, big story, of course, coming out of Chelsea today. Roman Abramovich releasing this statement. I've always taken decisions with the club's best interests at heart. In the current situation, I've therefore taken the decision to sell the club. Of course, we know Roman Abramovich's attempt to sell Chelsea was halted by the UK government because of sanctions. We'll go into listen to a very, very thick debate. Ellie Aldroyd is uh, alongside John Murray, Rob Green and Sam Wallace. Hello, hello. Um, look, John, can you just remind us of where we are at the moment after what has been a really, really difficult day at Stamford yeah, Bridge. And, and how we actually reached this point, um, as you say, as we know, after the Russian invasion of Ukraine, as sanctions began to be implemented by the government, questions were being asked about Roman Abramovich's links to Vladimir Putin, which he has denied having. Uh, the MP Chris Bryant raised the matter in the Commons. Uh, on the eve of the Carabao Cup final, Roman Abramovich announced he was going to hand the running of the club to the trustees of Chelsea's charitable foundation but but that proved to be problematic and and pressure and questions continued on the following Wednesday um, on the on the same day that uh, Prime Minister's questions Sakir Starmer asked Boris Johnson why sanctions had not been taken against Roman Abramovich then that evening came that dramatic announcement an hour before kickoff when Luton were playing Chelsea in the FA Cup that Roman Abramovich had decided to sell the club and he said he would not be asking loans to be repaid those loans that are estimated at one and a half billion pounds and he said that all net proceeds from the sale do, would be donated to the benefit uh, to benefit the victims of the war in Ukraine so that was where we were before today and then today the news came this morning that seven oligarchs all having new sanctions brought against them by the government here in the UK and Roman Abramovich was on the list. Yeah, it is another seismic day in the history of Chelsea Football Club. You know, I don't think that overstates it. So it means that um, his assets have been frozen, uh, there are, uh, there's a travel ban placed on him, and what it means for Chelsea is the club cannot sell any more tickets for matches beyond 
today uh, beyond those that have already been sold for those games. Uh, Club merchandise store was closed. Uh, We've seen the pictures of that during the course of today. Uh, Chelsea cannot buy or sell players, including those players, those Chelsea players who are currently out on loan at other clubs, and they cannot negotiate new contracts for players. So in the men's team, um, Antonio Rudiger says that Aspilicueta, Andreas Christensen are all out of contract at the end of the season, and also Sal Niguez, who is playing tonight, is on loan from Atletico Madrid. So that cannot be uh, that cannot be um, become a, a permanent deal under these. Um, restrictions. Also, the government's issued a special license that will allow the fixtures to be fulfilled for the rest of this season and for the club staff to be paid and for existing ticket holders to attend matches. And also, uh, the government will consider allowing Roman Abramovich to apply for a special license to sell the club providing he can prove he would not benefit from the sale. So I think those are the main points. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of side issues around this as well, including how much they can spend on, on away trips because, you know, home games are all very well, but, but travelling away as well, there's, there's a cap on how much they can, they can spend. Um, I mean, Rob Green, how, can, mm. how concerning is this for everybody at Chelsea? It's deeply concerning. Um, I think the difficulty is is one they're learning out as fast as anybody else is uh, really about what's happening, um, and the way that the club operates, having been there, is is that you you have underneath um, Marina Gradskaya, the the chief. Well, very quickly, very quickly, John, I'm just going to interrupt you because we're going to go to John Southall at Norwich, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah Thomas Tuchel has just walked out onto the touchline to talk to us, Thomas. Um, Another eventful day. Um, how satisfying was the win today, given what's happened today? Very, because we showed again a lot of character, a lot of focus. We managed again to have a very strong performance, um, despite all the circumstances and the distraction that is going on. So full credit to the character of, of, of the team and uh, we, yeah, full credit to the, to the culture that we have in, in, in the club. We started very strong, played a, played a brilliant first half. Maybe we played second half a bit in the feeling that we have a higher lead, but the two zero can can be tricky if you don't if you concede if you concede a goal. This is what happened. We're a bit sloppy and um, and the opponents uh, played with the mentality that they had nothing to lose, so got a tight game, but we were not frustrated and and digged in and, and managed to have a, have a good win for us. Yeah, you won the game. Can I just ask you your reaction to to what's happened today? The sanctions against uh, the club's owner um, yeah. and the freezing of the assets. Yeah, it's of course another level of distraction and another level of impact uh, that it has uh, to us. But still, we said we cannot influence it. Maybe we don't know all the facts. Maybe the facts will change again tomorrow or in two days. So why why to worry too much about it? Because nothing we can do will change the situation. So let's let's stay in the moment and appreciate the moment and um, uh, appreciate that we're here and, and give our very best. We encourage the team to work hard, to sweat it out and get the focus and attitude right through hard work and this is what we did. Yeah, to sweat it out, what was the players' reaction to it? Well, there's not one reaction, but but you feel that, that uh, nobody is talking about Champions League yesterday, which is normally the case. Everybody is talking about the sanction, and of course, uh, I think players get a lot of messages. They they, 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 they see the news, and, and everybody, yeah, uh, has his own reaction uh, to it, which is, which is fair enough. But in the end, like I said, we have to admit that, that we cannot influence what's coming. We did not cause it. We have to live with it, and... Uh, 
we did in the best way possible. And has somebody sat the players down today and explained to them what it, it means to them? No, I just gave a quick briefing, but but nothing spectacular. It's just what I told you, that we can allow ourselves to, to, to focus on sport because we did not cause the situation and mm. and I think it will not be the last news about it, so why to worry too much? No, and just finally moving forward, I mean, do you think you're managing the club maybe with one hand tied behind your back slightly given the, <laughs> the sanctions, you can't buy players? Yeah, let's I mean, see. Players out of contract. You well, let's see. You know, if it stays like this, okay. But let's see if it stays like this. Who knows? I don't know. And and so we we take it honestly. We take it day by day. Nobody. I didn't see that coming yesterday. So I don't know what's coming tomorrow. And uh, everybody can be very sure that 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 we focus on 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 us and we focus to to keep the the, the mentality and the attitude right in in our training ground and and within the team. And so far we can trust each other. And and this will not change as long as we have have enough shirts and as long as we have, have uh, a bus to drive to the games we will be there and we will uh, compete hard Thomas thanks for your honesty well that was Thomas Tuchel talking to John Southall we'll get reaction from the guys to that in a second he says well as long as we've got shirts they're going to have to get new shirts at the moment because um, three have withdrawn their sponsorship so that's a that's another little issue to, to deal with um, I'm, I'm going to ask you Sam Wallace a question um, on the basis that you might get interrupted again <laughs> if we hear from Mason Mount but, but uh, uh, Thomas Tuchel's reaction just to ask you about that I mean he seems to be keeping his calm ahead as, as you possibly can in the circumstances. Yes, I, I actually, uh, for all that's happened and all the extraordinary events, I don't think he's in that bad a position. I mean, he's certainly going to be the only Chelsea manager in about 12 that's outlasted Roman Abramovich, so he's going to be unique in that respect. Um, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. They, they, The players and the management and staff can't control what is happening. Um, clearly, he is managing under very, very uh, unusual circumstances. I thought when it, when this terrible invasion first began, he spoke in a way that was pretty brave, to be honest. I mean, he, he, he didn't try and dodge the fact that there was going to be an association with Chelsea, and I thought that said a lot for him, to be honest. Sam, pause there. Here's, here's John Southall again at Carrow Road. Yes, the manager's moved over, and uh, Mason Mount has taken his, his place. Mason, and another day... I suppose more uncertainty around the club. Was it difficult to, to focus on the game tonight? Yeah, it, I mean, when you've got a game at seven o'clock, that's the only focus in your head as players is what we can do on the pitch. The result that, that, that matters the most. And today I thought I'm very proud of the team to, to really step up and to perform under the circumstances. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, everyone knows what's going on. It's difficult at times, especially the last week. But um, the way we stepped up today to... Uh, put in a, a good performance and to win here after a difficult second half um, very positive stuff can you give us your reaction to what's happened today and when you when you heard the news yeah i, I probably heard it as the same time as everyone else and you're looking at what's happening and what's been said and everything's up in the air you, uh, we, <laughs> we're in the club and we don't really know but the, the most important thing is what we do on the pitch as i said we're professionals we need to keep playing we're playing these games there and they're coming thick and fast we've got another one Sunday then we've got Champions League so that's the that's the most important thing for us players yeah can you describe what it's like in in the dressing room at the moment as you say it, it changes pretty much every day mm. doesn't it and the uncertainty yeah us as players we have to stay together we, we probably try not to look at it too much um, but sometimes it's hard it can be hard not to not to look at it but 
um, yeah, as I said, we stay together. We're, we're a strong group. We're a very close group. We're like a family in there. And um, we have to, every time we step on this pitch, we have to be together um, every single game from now to the end of the season. Well, I said to the manager, has, you know, has anybody sat you down and spoken to you about what's going on and I presume that will happen I presume you need that at some stage do you? Yeah maybe um, that will happen over the next couple of days I'm not sure we had a game today and, and <laughs> you can't you can't talk about anything else but Norwich uh, when we played them today so um, I'm not really sure I can't give you an answer yeah. of what's going on um, over the next couple of days and we'll see and we saw the image to the fans at the end mm. that must have been quite a special moment yeah. wasn't it going over there after yeah. what's been happening yeah and, and to see them to be uh, see them here today supporting coming all this way to, to really back us and be behind us and I think everyone at the club we have to stick together um, at this time and um, they were brilliant today and hopefully again on Sunday yeah, Mason we appreciate it thanks for talking to thank us you on very much. Live. thank you very much thank you Thank you, John. Uh, Mason Mount with John Southall there. Right, I think we can probably talk uninterrupted, more or less uninterrupted anyway, for, for a few minutes. And, and actually, Rob, just to come back to you about mm. how the players are, are going to react, because there is a certain amount of unity and adversity is the, is the sense you get from Mason Mount there. Yeah, absolutely. And and they're being him and Thomas Tuchel, they're being perfectly honest. I spoke to some of the players today and they don't know at all what's going on. They, they're, they're learning as fast as we are. And I think Thomas Tuchel's right there. He's saying, look, this is such a fluid situation. We are so far out of the loop with this. And even in terms of the club, the, 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 the hierarchy, that it is very, very quiet within that club that how it, the, the news feeds down. You very don't hear from the hierarchy much. So in terms of the actual players themselves, yeah, you'll have one or two that John spoke about, players' contracts being expiring at the end of the season. We'll have maybe the end of the season something in mind. But beyond that, from what we have at the minute... Nothing changes particularly. So you just carry on and do what you do. So they'll enjoy it because look, they'll enjoy this win. They've responded really well. They had the, 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 the movements against uh, before Liverpool game. They had the movements before the Luton game. And they've responded really well in each of those. So they'll take real heart from it. I mean, Sam, I could see you nodding when, when Rob was talking about the kind of communication. There's the sort of the top level at Chelsea compared to the playing level. I mean, Roman Abramovich hasn't been around the club very much, has he? But I mean, obviously the financial situation is, is something that has broad, broad-reaching implications now. Yes, I mean, on the first point, you're right, yes, Abramovich hasn't been around really since 2018 when he withdrew his visa application. And uh, the club is run by Marina Granovskaya, who is who's really his sort of representative in at Stamford Bridge, Abramovich's representative. I mean, in terms of the financial situation, I, I think the sanctions that were announced today were pretty jaw-dropping in some respects when we looked at the, the limitations on what they can spend on away travel, that £20,000 budget. Um, caught a lot of people's imagination. I think I think there's been from from what we've reported today. There's an acknowledgement that they that there might be a bit of giving these sanctions that they don't that there's no interest in the government in destroying Chelsea um, because of uh, of the sanctions upon the owner and that they would like it to be sold intact to a to a to a good new owner. So I think that. I think what we may see, as, as John mentioned in his, his roundup, was that, that a new a new license will be issued, which will allow for the club to be sold and will possibly relax a few of these measures, so that when it when it does pass on to new in, into the new ownership, it's it's not been completely torched. And what's interesting, Ellie, is that um, 
you know, there is a, there is a deadline of the 15th of March. The, the company, the investment company that is uh, looking after the sale, that's their deadline. Uh, the interested parties of whom there are reported to be 20 credible interested parties in Chelsea, there's that deadline and then the final bidders will be assessed. So, you, you know, what we're talking about here... If things move on, you know, if things change, then, you know, it is very much a temporary situation, but it's but it's a highly significant temporary situation. Sam, just on, on what some of the ramifications yeah. of it, and, and just my understanding of it is, is that if Chelsea do win against Middlesbrough in the Cup, and the semi-final is at Wembley, and then potentially a final, you could end up with a half-empty Wembley Stadium for an FA Cup semi-final and final. Yeah, that that would that's the interpretation of the current sanctions. So for those that haven't read them, they season ticket holders are still able to attend games and and purchase refreshments. They'll be glad to hear. Uh, and also those who've bought tickets um, for future games, which uh, will also include uh, away fans. But you're right, Rob. Um, it, there 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 would be no under the current arrangements there would be no way of organizing those sales and I, I think those are the kind of things that would would have to sensibly be addressed um i mean i don't know if you've got time any but it's probably worth just running through the runners and riders they're quite an interesting bunch i'm, I'm interested sam in hearing who is gonna likely buy chelsea but also to know uh, from you or, and from all of you really what you think about whether the glory days of you know Roman Abramovich being able to subsidise the the big money signings, the big salaries, whether those days will ever happen again at Stamford Bridge. Well, if you, if, if, to go for, uh, first, I mean, obviously he he really did supercharge Chelsea at the start. We know that there's one and a half billion pounds worth of loans, uh, which he's more or less just injected into the club. Um, I think it's fair to say in recent years, although COVID has changed that, they have managed to trade. Some in some years at a profit, notwithstanding obviously that huge injection that that he's given them. The big problem in it in running Chelsea as a self-sustaining business is evidently the stadium, which even now is probably not into the top 50 for Europe, given that this is the you know the champions of Europe. 41,800 capacity, very minimal hospitality, and all the things that generate revenue that will have to change, and that is the great intractable problem at the heart of uh, of chelsea um we could talk about it all night but if they want to rebuild according to the plans that abramovich and the board had passed for permission in 2017 you're looking so the experts say in excess of two billion pounds i mean i i think it's remarkable listening to mason mount because it really it's it, it's less than a year since we were in porto sitting watching chelsea win the champions league and mason mount playing you know a very important part in that match for them and now here he is you know top star in the game talking about how you know he said to john he, he couldn't give him an answer to what's going on at chelsea football club i mean that's it is a remarkable turn of events but it is something that everybody is, is having to kind of learn on, on on the job, really. I mean, we, we didn't know 24 hours ago that this was likely to happen on, on the scale that it was going to happen. Um, before I'm, I'd ask you a question, Rob, it's uh, Chelsea... Uh, sorry, Leicester 2, Wren, nil is a final score in the King Power. Um, I mean, give us an insight into to what life w w was like in the Chelsea uh, dressing room under Roman Abramovich and, and whether you think that it will be like that in the future, you know, because as, as Sam says, the, the new owners, they, they're going to have to try and get rid of, uh, solve the intractable situation around the stadium. I mean, will those days ever come back? 
it's 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 one of pure speculation, isn't it? And it's one that you'd have to say that the love of the club that Roman Abramovich clearly has had is is one that would have to be matched. And it is it is someone with very deep pockets and 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 being willing to dip into them. And I think you know the closest I can get is when I was there, we faced a, a transfer embargo, which was one which was put upon the club for uh, dealings of of the younger players and and the way that they. Um, attracted them but it, it's it's something that you're looking at there that there was a sort of a definitive this is the start of the transfer embargo this is the end and you can make plans we signed Christian Pulisic early and he came in later you know was allowed to stay at his current club at Dortmund and then move up move to the club later on so they could plan around it this has been thrown upon them in within hours so it really is something that we don't know um I think you're looking at something the players within the club yeah they don't know but also uh, I think it's for the short term, they have these contracts. They will see them out because they haven't got a choice and they may as well make the most of it. Someone like Thomas Tuchel, that might be one of the bigger factors is if he, if he can't, if he has got a hand tied behind his back, can he move on? Can he, can he change, change clubs and uh, go, to, go to someone who's, you know, you, Manchester United got mentioned today, someone who's clearly looking for a new manager. I think the other yeah, thing we need to mention, Ellie, as well is not, you know, I would imagine that whatever happens, the footballers will be okay. I think the other thing is all of the staff at Chelsea Football Club, mm -hmm. you know, it's a big operation. There are a lot of people there. And I know having covered the Chelsea match last week at Luton, speaking to a couple of the, the non-playing members of the staff, you know, there's, there is genuine worry for those people about what will happen to their jobs and livelihoods. I think you're right, John, and it's, I think there's about 800 staff there in total, which is a huge for, amount for a football club. And I would say that it is one of the clubs that they turn around and it is, has been noticeable in, in the difference in the way Chelsea operate to a lot of other clubs is they say, what is the right answer? We will do it the best way we can, regardless of the expense. I don't think that's an option right now. But I think, Sam, this, this may be... You, you, you know, I think one of you has already said this, that, that the government has got to try and tread that line between sanctioning <coughs> Roman Abramovich because of his links to Putin, saying that, you know, Putin is carrying out horrendous, you know, war crimes effectively in Ukraine. Um, but at the same time, you know, to make that strong statement to sanction Roman Abramovich because they have established that there are connections, direct connections to the Kremlin, but not to destroy a football club. You know, they say Chelsea is culturally important for whatever reason. Yes, absolutely. And it's unpicking this money, isn't it? Which, uh, which, uh, uh, about which there has always been concerns. And, and it's, it's, not, it's not a simple process in any part of, of British society. Um, I think they they realise that Chelsea not just means a lot to the to the fans. It's it's uh, you know it's what is it now 117 years old. It's generations of supporters as as we as John rightly points out. There's ordinary people who don't earn Premier League wages there, whose livelihoods depend on it. I, I do think though this is Chelsea even in the leaner years were always an an attractive club for a lot of reasons. There was a reason that Roman Abramovich bought it in the first place, and they are. Um, you know they've got obviously got a great location uh, in London. Certainly, you know foreign footballers, not just foreign footballers, English footballers too, like to live in that area of the country. So I think they will always, as you can see, 
from the interest in buying them, despite the fact this will be far and away the biggest, the priciest club purchase ever in the history of English football. Um, there is, you know, there's, there's value there. There's history. There's, they're not everyone. They're not the neutrals' favourite, but you know, for the many supporters that they do have, they, they, you know, they are a much loved institution. The Football Daily Podcast from BBC Radio Five Live. Well, let's hear some reaction to the news from some fans now. And John Southall spoke to some of the Chelsea fans outside Carrow Road. Absolutely shocking. Mr Abramovich is the most high-profile Russian in the country. Certain people, certain parliamentarians have put a target on his back. It's as though he's in a tank rolling over the Ukrainian border himself. He's been absolutely fantastic for Chelsea Football Club and the stuff he's done for this country and for the local Fulham community has been fantastic. Look what he did during the Covid crisis. Gave over the two Chelsea hotels to the NHS staff, paid for 70,000 meals for the doctors and nurses. He's done loads for equality he's done loads for anti-racism it's unsustainable we can, we can't survive in in the current status we can't move forward we can't sell the club so quite clearly the government now have got to allow us to, to move one way or the other um, we need to be able to be sold um, the funds are going to a third party or we'll need to let or ultimately the, the, the club will fall over and die it's disgusting he's they don't say all the good he's done at Chelsea, do they? They do painted in black, but he's done more good things than bad things. Nice man. How is it punishing Putin? Because, you know, he's the one we want to punish, yeah. isn't he? He's the one we want to wipe out. But he's punishing the fans. We can't get our tickets now. I do fear for the club. I do fear for everyone, but I know Chelsea, Chelsea are going to be a strong club, pull through this and come out battling at the end of it. We can't renew contracts, we can't get some quality players back, but then again, that gives, to me personally, that gives the time for the young and unexperienced players to shine, and then after all this is clear, we'll have to get back to winning ways. But let's bring in football finance expert Kieran Maguire, who's co-host of the Price of Football podcast and lecturer at the University of Liverpool. Uh, Kieran, good evening to you. Good evening, Ellie. Listening to those fans, I mean, they're clearly concerned about the future of their club and feeling as if it's the fans who are being punished by this decision. I mean, how how are Chelsea going to function under these kind of restrictions that they've been placed under? Well, Chelsea have already received the vast majority of the money they'd expect to generate during a season. Season ticket holders have paid their money in advance, as have the sponsors, as have the kit manufacturers, and also most of the the broadcast money has already been transferred across. And under the terms of the government license, that money is not is not being prevented from from going to Chelsea. So that so those are the positives. I think the challenges are that Chelsea's wage bill is around about twenty eight million pounds a month. We don't know how much money there is in Chelsea's bank account. Historically, Roman Abramovich has always underwritten those months where, where Chelsea have been unable to afford the wage bill themselves. So, so that's, that's a significant unknown as to where we are at present. And particularly, you've got some players out of contract at the end of the season or this, this summer. So uh, Antonio Rudiger, Cesar Azpilicueta, Andreas Christensen are all out of contract. But, I mean, could this mean an exodus? I suppose we just don't know what's going to happen beyond the end of this season. Well, that's right. I mean, the the, uh, the licence which has been granted by the government, which has given Chelsea dispensation to, to trade under these restricted circumstances, that expires at the 31st of May. Now, I think the, the government would, would be willing to, to listen to potential offers for the club 
the, the essential thing is that the, any money received is ring-fenced and it doesn't go to Roman Abramovich. And, and that's actually consistent with what he was saying last week when he spoke about the net proceeds of sale uh, not, not going to himself and not, re, not recalling the loan. So uh, if, if a new owner can be found, and clearly, first of all, bids will have to come in and then the owners and directors test will need to be satisfied, then if everybody works in the same direction, we, we could have a sale by the time the licence expires. Roman Abramovich is no longer associated with Chelsea and, and as far as the, the summer recruitment and retention is concerned, then, then that will be set by the new owners with, with their own views as to what an appropriate budget should be. Just in the immediate term, um, we heard this afternoon that three who sponsor Chelsea's shirts, they've suspended their agreement, so they won't they won't be able to play with the logo showing tonight. It'll be interesting to see what what they will look like when they, they go out and take the field against Norwich. But how likely is it that other sponsors will follow suit? Um, I think all sponsors will be uh, reviewing their position, um, that, that, that all contracts... Uh, for both parties, remember we've seen this with Manchester United ditching Aeroflot last week, um, have what's, what's sort of broadly seen as a good behaviour clause um, and, and a reputational damage clause. So uh, if, if three have decided to invoke that, then going forwards for, for next season, uh, clearly that, that Chelsea will have to renegotiate with a new sponsor. It could be that it's more challenging uh, if, if the, the Chelsea brand is is damaged, but you know we, sh- we shouldn't really be talking about football club brands given what is happening in Ukraine at present. No, absolutely. I mean, the perspective is there, of course, at all times. Let's just bring in Michael Brown. Evening to you, Michael. Evening. Now, you went through, I mean, in very different circumstances, uh, ownership uncertainty at Portsmouth, didn't you, a few years ago? So I wonder how the players in the dressing room tonight hearing the reports today are going to be feeling about their futures. Well, they'll be very concerned about the situation. Obviously, my situation at Portsmouth was that actually the club had closed, the gates were shut, there was going to be no more Portsmouth Football Club as we were all actually at a team meeting the night before a game and let me tell you that was a shock to everybody and it's not just the players for their contracts it's actually all the people are in support here day in day out and they will be worried they'll be thinking how are they going to get paid at the end of the month like anybody else and yes there's there's riches in the within that first team squad that we know of but as i say it's all around the support people that help the first team and it will be worrying uh, the uncertainty is there yes the players contracts are protected but as I say to you, everybody else's isn't. So real uncertainty. And um, I think that will be one question I was going to actually say to Kieran. And obviously with assets frozen and not being able to spend, who will actually be able to make those decisions regards to actually paying the day-to-day sort of cost of the football club? Well, it, uh, Michael, it looks as if the licence uh, will allow the board of directors to carry on as per normal, uh, so long as all uh, decisions which are made do not involve any cash going to Roman Abramovich. Um, assuming that the club does have cash in the bank account, then the normal credit will be paid. You actually said before you've known that Roman Abramovich has topped up those deals, etc. Mm. That's the interesting one. Well, that's right. If, if we take a look at the amount of money that's been popped in, you know, in, in recent years, as, as recently as uh, 2020, he put in around about £200 million into the club. Now, some of that will have been to, to fund the club during COVID. Some of that will have been to fund the, the transfer commitments. But uh, you know, there, are, there are times when clubs during the year have to pay out money when there's not a lot coming in. Um, and either they use existing cash or if they've got an owner who, who can afford to do that, then 
than the owner will do it themselves. The Football Daily Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. Well, let's hear now from Chelsea women's boss Emma Hayes, whose side cruised to a commanding 4-1 win over West Ham. You know, the club's put a statement out this afternoon or late morning, and I respect that. Like, as far as I'm concerned, have to give the club and everybody within that the time to dissect with DCMS the implications of the sanctions, and I think there has to be a two-way process, probably, between the club and them, to determine how to run, how to operate, how to exist in this period. And I think for me, it's important to tell everyone that we just we just need to let them do their job. Like I can't, I don't have answers. We all have a million questions, but I don't battle with things that I can't control today. I just know that I will probably learn more in the coming days and weeks. Let's let's be honest here. You know, there's a war going on in Ukraine. You know, there, there's some bigger situations, and yes. Today is a big moment for the club, but I believe in giving both sides the time to get it right going forward. And I think it's important for the players, the staff, uh, the fans to be patient. Let's sort through that and, and hopefully, you know, that process won't take too long. And when I said to the players, like, our job is to do what we've always done. And they're the only things that, to be honest with you, I can control. So... It's not difficult to focus on that because we're doing something we love. And yes, it's uncertainty, but I think preoccupying our minds too much of that is only going to add to it. So I, I don't, to be honest with you, I just try and get things right from game to game. At the it's now time for the Joy Sports BBC 2A series. And as always, I had a great chat with the BBC's John Bennett. Thanks, John, for your time on the show, as always. And no better place to begin than in midweek. PSG's capitulation in midweek was mind-boggling. It seems we have a discussion on PSG and their failure in Europe every other year. At least one thing is for sure. Uh, coaches have come and gone. So, what exactly is the issue with the French club? Hi, George. Great to speak to you again. I think there's a mentality at the club. From top to bottom, I think there are real issues in terms of the culture at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, there's a perception from the outside that image is more important than the results, that their brand is more important than winning games. And there's also a perception that some of the big stars like Neymar are given too much power. So I think there needs to be a cultural reset at Paris Saint-Germain. Where is their winning mentality? We've had it so many times that they've lost from winning positions. 2017 against Barcelona, 2019 against Manchester United, and now 2022 against Real Madrid. So many times when they've been on top, they've had a couple of things go against them and they haven't been able to say, no, we don't lose this game, we dig in and we get the better of this team. Yet again it happened in midweek. Yet again the questions are being answered about Paris Saint-Germain. Yes, you can criticise Maurizio Pochettino. Yes, you can criticise Gianluigi Donnarumma for his mistake. But it goes a lot deeper than that. There are deeper problems at Paris Saint-Germain. Despite their wealth, 
despite a lot of the good things they've done, despite the Liga wins they've had, the title wins, and despite the, the brilliant players they brought in like Lionel Messi, I think there's a cultural issue at Paris Saint-Germain. And I think some of the perception is reality. I think they have their priorities wrong in certain areas and that they need to have a, a, a cultural reset. I think one of the big things they can do is get some of the, the brilliant talent from Paris into the team. There's so many Parisians playing at the top level and other clubs like Paul Pogba and Golo Kante. <laughs> they missed them when they were young players. They've got a great academy, Paris Saint-Germain, so I think that is actually going in the right direction. But I think there does need to be a, a, a cultural reset at Paris Saint-Germain so they can get their priorities right. John, we need to talk about Karim Benzema. The French striker was simply in Paris on Wednesday, churning arguments of being the world's best number nine. Ironically, however, he's not won the golden boot before in all his years in Spain, while Suarez managed to break the Ronaldo Messi dominance once. So where really does Benzema fit in the Suarez-Kane-Lewandowski debate? He's right up there. He's right up there in that debate. And I think for years he's been underrated, Karim Benzema, basically because he played second fiddle to Cristiano Ronaldo. And you talk to Cristiano Ronaldo, he will tell you that playing alongside Karim Benzema was an absolute joy because Karim Benzema was very unselfish when he played alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. Now he is the star man at Real Madrid. He is the man expected to deliver in the big moments, like that big moment in midweek. So I think he is right up there alongside Robert Lewandowski, alongside Harry Kane, alongside Mohamed Salah, Erling Haaland, Kylian Mbappe. Right now, he is up there, I think, and he's had a wonderful career. When he looks back, his club career has been fantastic. Of course, there is the issues he's had with the France team. He missed out on winning the World Cup in 2018, so I think that will always be a negative when it comes to his career. But in terms of his club career, he has been right up there as one of the very best strikers. Big news yesterday, John. Roman Abramovich's assets were seized by the UK government, which means he's no longer the owner of Chelsea. From reports, we know this would be in effect till May of this year. But after all that, what next for Chelsea? How high is the probability of losing all the good work of the last 20 years? Well, George, it's very difficult to answer questions about Chelsea at the moment because there is so much uncertainty around the club and uncertainty for, for Chelsea fans like you about what the future of the club will be. Short term, there are huge issues. On the pitch, the team will continue to play and Thomas Tuchel, I think, is a great leader at a time like this. He said they're just taking it day, day by day. They just have to concentrate on what they're doing. Off the pitch, it's a, it's a massive problem for, for the uh, people at Chelsea, the staff at Chelsea, unable to buy or sell players or offer new contracts while these sanctions are imposed on Roman Abramovich. The merchandise shop has been shut. Um, they're, they're saying, Chelsea, that they're going to, in, they're, they're going to engage in discussions with the government and, and seek amendments to the special licence that the government has put in place during these sanctions to allow the club to operate as normal as possible. So they're trying to operate normally, but there are huge difficulties. But I think the one thing that Chelsea fans like yourself will be worried about will be what happens now with the, the sell-on, the new owners, because we know there are many many interested parties trying to sell Chelsea. What happens now, now these sanctions are ongoing? Uh, well, the government, the UK government, is open to considering a further addition to the special licence, which will allow the sale of the club. The condition for that, though, would be that Roman Abramovich receives no funds. 
So whether it's the interested parties now going now having to go through the government to try to, to, to buy Chelsea, that's what it looks like. But I'm sure we'll get more answers to these questions as the, as the days goes on. Right now, there is so much uncertainty at the club. No possibility whatsoever, George. I think Roman Abramovich, his time at Chelsea is over. And now it's just about how the sale is made, how one of these interested parties, how they are able to, to buy Chelsea now that these sanctions have been imposed on the current owner. Arsenal are into the top four, John, with some distance between themselves and Manchester United. But both teams have tough games in the coming weekend. Manchester United face Tottenham Hotspur and Arsenal face Leicester City. How do you see this weekend turning out for both sides? Manchester United are a really strange team to watch. I was out there their last home game against Watford when they completely dominated and failed to score. Then they went to play Manchester City and played well in the first half before capitulating really in the second half. So they are capable of delivering some good moments during games, but the consistency just isn't there. And when you talk about consistency, you can also mention Tottenham as well, because one week they're fantastic, the next week they're terrible. So it's very difficult to know how this game will go. I believe that Manchester United should win the game with the quality they have in their team, but is there enough unity is the leadership strong enough from Ralph Ranić to lead them in this game and, and, and to, to get them three points? As for Leicester against Arsenal, I think that's a very tough game for Leicester. They have some injury problems. There's no Jamie Vardy, for example. They, they played him in, in midweek as well in the UEFA Conference League, whereas Arsenal had a week off, a week on the training ground to prepare for this game. So I think it's going to be very, very difficult for Leicester in that game, which gives Arsenal a huge advantage and I think Arsenal at the moment, fourth place, is theirs to lose. Finally, John, which games would you be looking forward to? Uh, and how impressive has Eddie Howe been with his job so far at Newcastle? He's done a great job. I mean, yes, that they've spent a lot of money. And we have to remember they've spent a lot of money in January, bringing in players like Dan Byrne, bringing in players like Bruno Guimaraes, who scored in midweek. But still, to be able to get those players to settle in quickly to the team, to build a winning mentality at the club, to get the tactics spot on that he has over the last few weeks. I think Eddie Howe's done a great job. And that's a tough game for Chelsea with all the uncertainty going on this weekend. So that's a game I'm looking forward to. The Premier League title race, wow, that is thrilling. Liverpool have got the chance to cut the gap at the top of the table to three points when they take on Brighton. Two days before first place Manchester City are next in action. So Manchester City taking on Crystal Palace on Monday. One of the teams, Crystal Palace, who have beaten Manchester City this season. Uh, Liverpool have won their last seven Premier League games. Man City have only lost one of their last 18 Premier League matches. But the, re the race to avoid running... That's the BBC's John Bennett with the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. And time to tell you about the games to look forward to. Let's start with the Ghana Premier League. And, of course, today we saw Ashanti Gold take on Kim Faisal. Tomorrow, Kral Ions are up against Dreams FC at the Crossword Stadium. At the same venue, Great Olympics will play against Legon Cities. Berkham Chelsea are up against Karela United at the Golding City Park. On Sunday, Kumasi Asante Kotoko Lockhorns would be BNE Gold Stars at the Babayara Stadium. Midyama SC will play against 11 Wonders at the Kun Park Piano Stars welcome Accra Hearts of Oak to the Ajiman Bedu Park and in Sogakopa Wafa host Real Tamale United. 
Well, now let's talk about the games to come in Europe. So, in the English Premier League, Arsenal up against Leicester City. Chelsea up against Newcastle. Crystal Palace have an important game against Manchester City. That will be on Monday, though. Manchester United up against Tottenham Hotspur. And Brighton play against Liverpool. In Spain, Barcelona, who are doing really well of late, are up against Asasuna. Mallorca play against Real Madrid. Atletico Madrid are up against Cadiz. Let's talk about the German Bundesliga. And Hoffenheim play against Bayern Munich. We're looking to win the German Bundesliga of the season again. Borussia Dortmund closely following are up against Armenia. In Italy, Verona play Napoli. Juventus play against Sampdoria. AC Milan are up against Empoli. And Internacional are up against Torino. These are the games to look forward to, as always. On Sunday, we come your way with the sports arena. You want to Look out for commentary and yes, we followed through with our shows all this weekend. That's all time will allow us on the locker room of George Addy Jr. till we meet next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. With the best music, best music, best music, best music, music. 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 joy 99.7 FM. Keep the frequency clear. The station with the best music, best music, best music, best music, best music, best music, joy 99.7 FM. Keep the frequency clear.
your day is going? Isn't it comforting to know that there's a place where you can relax and kick off your stress? The Cosmopolitan Mix on Joy FM with Doreen Ando has it all. Education, inspiration, entertainment, celebrity interviews. What's up, man? Some way, Best variety of local favorites. Good morning. If you put your body on me, all on your favorite brunch time mix. Weekdays, 10 a.m. till noon. Joy 99.7 FM on your dial, online, and on all our social media handles. Hashtag Cosmopolitan Mix. You can also catch up with the Cosmopolitan Mix and all our shows via podcast. Just go to myjoyonline.com, podcast, and search for your favorite show and relive all those moments. Joy 99.7 FM, radio for discerning listeners. Cosmopolitan Mix is powered by Joy Entertainment. We're large and in charge. Tune in and find your joy. The station with the best music. Best music. I love music. Best music. Joy 99.7. Best music. Joy 99.7 FM. Keep the frequency clear. Yes, I'm here, not you. I'm in your two way, you be nice. 
This is a strong feeling. Now for forcing, I should let you go, but I'm not willing. That would be jammed that every day I go stop killing. But come on, let me trophy, baby girl. I can't stop winning. I'm all for you. Let's make it right. Me boo go take your baby, would you be my wife? But check it, yes, baby, I'm looking for your type. My link in China for no wood, yes, it won't your side. This be when I realize. Say, she be my one and only. When you're in the phone, can she be my nigga, my homie? Let me get my mommy. Only you where you know me. I need you by my side. I don't think I wanna be lonely, my baby girl. Jimmy when Joe Fitting well fit my order But tell me when Joe Sweetie hey Sweetie oh Sweetie Baby 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 yo Ah, 
if you won't come out there. Or send me your funny guy from me, come out there. Or don't run up in mommy, what did that? Oh, yeah, this is how I'm a man, I'm a baby. Mommy, I could see a brown hole. I don't go through you, basa basa. No, check out, check out. Oh, Lord, I'm a Crec, crec, 